Welcome to Entrench, a 21 Pilots podcast. Hello, local dreamers. Welcome to Entrench. My name is Anna, and this is episode 46, Heavy Dirty Soul. Make sure you listen to the song beforehand and are ready for an in-depth analysis of track one off Blurry Face. Hello. I'm very excited to be here, and I hope you are too. There is a lot of background today, okay? We have three layers of background before we even get to the song, and then we have a lot for the song. So, starting off, clearly, this is the beginning of a new album, and the second half of Tony and Pilot's current discography blurry face as we will dig into later and as many if not most um ardent fans already know is a concept um but we'll get to that when we get to their most popular song stressed out so for today's purposes though um i am going to give some album general background as an introduction so blurry face was released on may 17 in 2015 and this of course is their fourth studio album that's crazy i found them in i want to say august no no i didn't i found them in june 2015 um either late june or early july i don't remember exactly but either way it was only like a month ish after the album came out which was nice. I got some new music right away that I didn't have to wait for, but I mean, I also got like four albums of music right away that um, most people did not get the chance to have. They had to wait, um, but I feel like there was a large wave of fans who, who joined when I joined as well, because with the next fact, Blurryface is considered to be 21 Pilots breakthrough album becoming their first to reach number one on the Billboard 200. And I think a big part of that is Stressed Out and Ride are their two big singles. But I think specifically because those songs are very relatable, not that their other songs in their previous albums are not, but they're a little more catered to um, everyone instead of just super spiritual or super heady so it makes sense that this would ultimately become a more mainstream and breakthrough album um but i think that again how what i said when i finished up a vessel is i think part of that too is they are knowing that they have a different responsibility now that they're signed to a label um and because of that i think they're naturally shifting and um, changing the way that they're catering their messaging, which really is technical-wise what you should do when your target audience shifts. So it almost kind of feels like a chicken and the egg thing. Like, yes, this was their breakthrough album that a lot of people like found and made popular, but also I think they were already catering to a larger fan base because it did get a lot bigger with Vessel. Not as big, of course, but It was already growing exponentially that I think they naturally probably wanted to start changing their uh, lyrical tactics. Anyway, that's just a theory. Um, Blurry Face sold over 1.5 million copies in the United States as of April 2017, and that was six years ago, so it could be millions more by now. I have no idea what the current number is. This is all um, per usual taken from the wiki fandom but yeah it was already at 1.5 million after not even a full two years and six years later i can only imagine especially with those really popular singles how how high that number has gotten and then in 2018 blurry face became the first album in the digital era to have every track receive at least a gold certification from the recording industry association of america which is incredible. I don't know, like, the full history of those certifications, but to have every track is always incredible, and I think it deserves it. Even if it's not my personal favorite of their albums, I can definitely see why this was chosen. And again, I think it it really does 
cater to the average mainstream listener. Really, they've had to broaden their target audience, which I basically already said, but I think this album pays good homage to that. And on May 15th, 2019, it received the milestone of being on the Billboard Top 200 album chart for four years, never leaving the chart. That seems insane. That seems like the most insane fact on here. How is that possible? In my brain, that is not possible. So that is incredible. I didn't know that, but that is genuinely like once-in-a-lifetime achievement. Like, that's incredible. I can't even think of a better word for it. It's just awe-inspiring as an artist. So, yes. That being said, this album is uh, highly marketed. It's very highly praised. Well, I think it's even worth noting, like, the value of this album um, because even Stressed Out, which is by far the most popular 21 Pilots album or single, I still will listen to it and be like, yeah, there's a reason for that because it's really good. Like, I feel like a lot of other people's most popular songs I tend to get sick of, but even with Stressed Out, it's like, no, like this, this is very popular for a reason because it's withstands the test of time but that's for another day so moving on to the background of heavy dirty soul because (laughs) that is the prime focus of this podcast just a couple background things here it was released as a single on december 9th 2016 presumably to celebrate the release of 21 pilots times mute math only 10 days later and as such, a live version was remixed by Tony and Pilots and Mute Math, which appears on that album. And February 3rd, 2017 is when the music video came out, which, like, I loved it at the time, but realistically, like, it is weird that they waited that long to have a music video. I think because that music video teed up for Trench, um, and it had to, but... If you just look at it by itself, it's like, why did they take two years to release a video for a song on their album? But they had a strategic plan, and that is also for another day. So, thirdly, and most importantly, I'm just kidding, but personally, most importantly, is my personal background with Heavy Dirty Soul. I mentioned this briefly in the introduction of this entire podcast but happy dirty soul is the first song that i ever heard from Antonio pilots um and it was fun to gear up for this podcast and really put try to envision and put myself back in the shoes of when i first heard it and where i was like i just distinctly remember sitting in my room i either had my ipad which I do not use anymore or a laptop. I'm pretty sure it was on my iPad because I used to be obsessed with my iPad. Um, isn't that wild? We'll like love pieces of technology and then all of a sudden we just have nothing to do with it. That is wild to me. Yeah, I was listening to it in my room and I think I also said this, but I listened to it and listened to Tony Pilots. I found Tony Pilots because I had my senior graduation open house from high school, and I put a little book out. You know, some people have people write, like, kind words or something to them, um, but I put a book out, and I asked people for either a music or a book recommendation. Maybe just music recommendation. I don't remember now. It's, it's been too many years since high school, and I don't want to talk about it. And... My very good friends, who you all are familiar with now, Laura and Kate, uh, wrote Tony and Pilots in there. And I had not heard of, I had not even heard of them. Like, I really was not much of a radio listener either, which I know some of my friends, that's how they found Tony and Pilots. I really was just someone who would listen to my iPod, my iPod or my iTunes on my iPad, I guess. And so I never really had a consistent way that I would find new music, which, now that I think about it, 
because of that, I should have given myself more grace with, like, not finding new artists because I didn't have a consistent way that I found new artists. It was, like, word of mouth alone. (laughs) So doing that on my open house was probably a long overdue necessity of me needing new people to listen to because I... The only way I found artists was, like, from my siblings, right? Which is ironic because Charlie listened to Tony and Pilots long before I did um, and saw them when they came to Lansing at our much smaller festival and the festivals they play now. And meanwhile, I was probably, like, at home in my room on my iPad, (laughs) oblivious. (laughs) Um, that they even existed. So, yeah, wild. Um, I learned so much other music from my siblings. Um, I'm pretty sure Charlie probably mentioned their name before that I should listen to them, and I just never did. But I can't say for for 100% certainty. But anyway, I found them. It's okay. Here we are. Um, and like I said, to me... I had a very vanilla palette. Everything was like Disney Channel pop. So the main things that I was listening to at the time and listened to throughout high school was One Direction, Five Seconds of Summer, Demi Lovato, Selena Gomez. That was pretty much it. (laughs) A couple other smaller boy bands. But yeah, it was like boy bands or Disney women. And that was like the extent of my... Uh, music life, which is so crazy to me to think about because, like, if you looked at the vast array of artists I listen to now, you'd be like, how did you survive with, like, five artists? And looking back, I genuinely don't know. (laughs) Let alone, like, they were all the same genre. I don't know how I did that, but somehow I did. (laughs) I guess ignorance was bliss. Until I found Toronto Pilots. And so, of course, like, I'm sure they're not even that. I really don't know. Like, compared to someone who grew up with a very different music taste, I don't know if they would have thought the same thing. They might be like, okay, they're they're similar to other genres that I listen to if, if you grew up listening to many alternative music. Um, maybe more punk music probably is not that surprising. Hints of rap and hip-hop. But, like, not really because the lyrics themselves say it's not. But I grew up with none of that. So it was a very unique experience when I heard this song. And specifically for me, it was a very unique experience because of the rapping and the melodic singing in the same song. Um, I was very ignorant and vanilla. And so I just assumed that it's either a song is a rap song or it's not a rap song. And I had never considered that you could put both in a song. Like, I knew you could rap and, like, normally speak in a song. Or a rapper would, like, feature on someone else's song. But I'd never considered that a singer would (laughs) rap and melodically sing in the same song. Um, And so that just, like, blew my mind when I heard it. Which, yes, I know that's, like... I'm sure most people knew that, but I was very sheltered in my music taste, so. But also, it immediately had my ears perk up because I've always been a lyrics person, and clearly, with the repetitive chorus being the one main thing when you first listen to this song that you can make out very distinctly, I knew that these were deep lyrics, and I knew that they were lyrics that aligned with my worldview. Um, And so immediately was like, Okay, I don't know what else he's saying in the rapping portions, but clearly I'm curious and I think I'm going to like this because our morals align. And I remember, yeah, I just bopped around to like all the other Blurry Face songs after that because those were all the main ones that came up on YouTube when I searched 21 Pilots. And yeah, I don't remember exactly what other songs like stuck out on my first listen through of everything. But I remember bopping around all those songs, and then I texted Laura and Kate that I'd started listening to them and was enjoying it. Um, and then I'm pretty sure they told me to go backwards with the albums, which I may have also briefly mentioned before. And so I think that's exactly what I did. I went to Vessel Next, and then Regional Best, and then Self-Titled. Which makes sense, because it, it kind of 
does get a little bit more headier as you go back. Like, these songs sound a lot more mainstream in that way, even lyrically, but again, now on, on this flip side of things, analysis-wise, it's ironic because I would say these songs oftentimes can dig deeper because you have to think more intensely about what they mean because it's not as clear as the older albums. Um, the older albums just lay it out point blank and these newer albums do not, but because of that you're actually thinking harder about what the meanings are. And a lot of times there's double meanings, which is always cool. So I think that's everything I had to say about my experience with this song. Yeah, this song is a special place in my heart because of that. And I also remember, didn't they perform this at like a motocrossing event or something? I swear I like somehow found that because I loved this song and was like looking for all the iterations of it. And I think that had recently happened. And I was like, this is very interesting. And watching him like, watching Tyler do his iconic fall to the ground flat on his back. Yeah, I just remember being like, people perform at these things. (laughs) I was very confused. But anyway, so let's dig into the song. I actually wrote like half a page here about just the musicality. The song starts off with like a static line and it kind of feels like you're trying to dial in on your old TV that a lot of Gen Z kids probably have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, to get a signal and it's you're just waiting and and finally with the built up instrumentation and then the lyrics it's okay we're we're dialed in now to this new album this new narrative and it starts with these wailing and howling sounds and it's very eerie it's very i feel like especially in 2015 when this came out um very new experimental types of sounds and I don't know if they were like vocally designed or if they were just like synthetically designed but regardless um it has been I don't know if it's like 100% proven but definitely like fan accepted that these sounds are blurry face which is going to be again further dug into in stressed out um but just know that this blurry face is a character or a maybe more so a caricature of i don't know if it's like technically a part of tyler or separate from tyler i think it's a part of tyler though so anyway blurry face makes these noises and it makes sense that the album that is called Blurry Face would start off with Blurry Face. So then throughout the course of the song, it very much is heavier. I feel like Vessel, you know, it, it's very heavy a lot of times with the lyrics, but I think Heavy Dirty Soul and Blurry Face as a whole is much heavier musically, at least with the bass. And so we have the bass egging on the stream of consciousness as he's rapping throughout the song and then it it pulls back a lot more during the pre-chorus and the chorus and then comes back in during the second verse versus when it is the pre-chorus and the chorus there's very bright keys playing and the tambourine and it's a lot more light Um, and so I like that musically there's kind of that that push and pull tension that we saw in Vessel lyrically, but now it's translated musically instead, at least in this song. And throughout, there's also this vibrating, what I assume is a synth, but regardless, it's this sound that comes and goes throughout the song, throughout the verses and the instrumentals. Um, And for some reason, I think because it crescendos and decrescendos at different times, it gives me the image of a boomerang. And I could just completely be making this up, but I I like the idea that it's a boomerang because with the doubt, with the spiritual warfare, with the musicality tension, 
it very much feels like he's kind of thrown his thoughts out there and the doubts are coming back to him and he keeps trying to get rid of them and they keep sticking back and coming circling around again um and so i like that at the very end of the song musically we hear instead of i feel like the rhythm of this synth has been like it crescendos in but the main decrescendo is at the very end when it goes out and so i feel like it's like he finally takes the boomerang of his thoughts and he chucks it and it finally doesn't come back that's the image i had which really brought a little bit more of life to the lyrics and everything else for me so i thought you would like that too and as we go into verse one something that i just wanted to note that i enjoyed from the concerts especially the what was the blurry face tour called emotional roadshow so i went to that in 2016 and obviously blurry face was still the new music so the concert opened with heavy dirty soul and the microphone came down from the ceiling so the microphone throughout heavy dirty soul when he's singing is coming it's dangling above him and he's like holding it singing upwards into it and it's also glowing red red is the main color theme of the blurry face album and as always of course like tends to be a color for evil um which makes sense for this album as well but i like that it's just coming from the ether you know just from wherever and coming down for him to speak into because it emphasizes the pleas and the prayers to God, but it also emphasizes like God's allowing him to share this art and share this gift. Um, and it almost feels like the microphone's coming down to him from God to utilize. So I just love that imagery that he brings um, to the song and to the album through the live performance and wanted to mention that verse one there's an infestation there's an infestation in my mind's imagination i hope that they choke on smoke because i'm smoking them out the basement this is not rap this is not hip-hop just another attempt to make the voices stop rapping to prove nothing just writing to say something because i wasn't the only one who wasn't rushing to say nothing this doesn't mean I lost my dream. It's just right now I got a really crazy mind to clean. There's an infestation. Okay, I looked up infestation and immediately, without clicking on anything, there was a huge picture of a spider. And I was like, are you kidding me? I did not ask for this. This was very uncalled for. No warning. How dare you? Um... I feel unsafe on the internet. An infestation is essentially an unusually large number of insects or animals, but I think insects is a better picture, at least for this song, um, where it's like those really gross videos if you've ever seen where someone like tries to like kill a spider or something and then, yeah. I don't even want to explain it in case you don't know but if you know you know um really gross but I mean it is like that image I think of of like there's like this central point of these insects in his mind and all of a sudden they're just like all bursting out in every direction unending like a stampede and I mean that's the perfect articulation of how he's literally just word vomiting throughout the song um because he has to because there's an infestation in his mind and i think that also exemplifies the anxiety and fear so well of like oh my gosh my mind is just getting flooded in uncomfortable thoughts whether it's depression whether it's anxiety whether it's suicidal ideation um panic confusion doubt fear anything unwanted like my mind is just getting flooded in intrusive thoughts and i can't stop it so maybe i can just at least like put it out there and 
maybe that'll do something. And so I really see like this large infestation is clearly bad thoughts um, in this scenario. And so he goes on, I hope that they choke on smoke because I'm smoking them out of the basement. And this is like, is it called fumigation? Like when you exterminate bugs and kill them. Um, I have the perfect example of this. This was actually the same summer that I found Tony and Pilots. I volunteered at a camp for Young Life, which is a youth ministry organization for high schoolers. And I volunteered for the month doing laundry. (laughs) Um, I learned how to fold a fitted sheet, so if you have any questions, let me know. When the campers were gone, like in between the weeks when campers would come and go, me and the other women doing laundry would help the what were called tawashis who essentially were the people who would do like all the odds and ends of of cleaning around the camp and so something we would do would be to clean out the cabins and to reorganize the cabins um, and prepare the beds and the blankets and everything for the next campers and there was one week i think it was like the second week there was an infestation of bed bugs, right? As I feel like there is, like, at least once. And so, I mean, laundry-wise, we had to wash so much extra that we had not planned for because it was, like, I can't remember if we just had to wash the one room with, like, however many bunk beds or if we also had to wash the whole cabin of that had that room. Either way, it was a ton because we had to wash, like, everyone in that cabin's clothes and all their bed sheets and everything but I remember it was even like they could couldn't go in that room and or cabin for like a day or two because they had to just get everything like kill everything in there Um, and it was so hazardous no one could be in there without a hazmat suit on and mask and so it's like This infestation in his mind is not just annoying, but it's also, like, dangerous and potentially deadly. And so the best thing to do is to, like, fully exterminate it and and smoke it out. And I think he's also using the coping mechanism of verbally processing and not avoiding to hopefully also smoke it out, practically speaking. He goes on to say, this is not rap, this is not hip-hop, just another attempt to make the voices stop. And I think this shows that his his primary goal is authenticity here. He's not trying to claim that he's something that he's not. He's not trying to identify with a rap group with, with hip-hop, um, but he's just trying to be authentic. He's just trying to say what's on his mind. He's rapping to prove nothing, just writing to say something I think and then I wasn't the only one who wasn't rushing to say nothing I think a lot of people can oh sorry I skipped a note so along with the authenticity that he's cultivating and conveying here like I said he has too much to say um, but he also wants to fit it in because it's emphasizing that panic of the infestation so that was just the note I wanted to tag on. I think rap can be very much about pride and showiness because not everyone can rap. Um, It takes a certain kind of skill and so unlike a lot of other people who rap, he's not trying to prove anything, whether it's how fast he can do it, how many words he can fit in, what the flow is. You know, we see rap battles all the time. It's all about like the the competition and the pride and in the flow and in the improvisation and and all of that but um he's coming at it in a completely different way I think also um sometimes in probably the uh not as good lyrical rap um I really don't listen to much rap I think some rap can even seem nonsensical like when you're writing an essay and you're just trying to get the word count in and so a rap is like okay I'm just trying to either get the flow or um, have so many words or um, get so many bars in so it 
sounds comprehensive that it's almost like sometimes um, not as experienced or not as thorough rappers will just kind of fling randomness in there um, that doesn't even fully make sense. Similar to like, <laughs> also random comparison, if you've ever been on like a live stream or back in the day it was just like online chats with an artist or a famous person or whoever and it's just like it's moving so fast that you can't read anything you can't see anything it's like impossible to read everything and to see everything even if you're not the artist and I remember one time <laughs> um, I was doing something similar where I was like on someone's stream when I was like 13 and my sister was like you could just like type poop right now and no one would know and we did and I was like ah, that's so funny but like in reality it's like this is kind of what that feels like that nonsense of like rap can just become so much about the shallow external aspect of it that you can just buff it up with fluff that doesn't mean anything just to make it seem like you're doing something more than you actually are with it but for Tyler he's just writing to say something he's not trying to prove anything and really he's not even necessarily intentionally rapping in my opinion he's just trying to get everything in his brain out because he's stressed and the only way he can get it all out to fit it in the song is to talk that fast. But he's not just going to talk that fast because that doesn't sound very good melodically. And that's why he's rapping. <laughs> and I feel like in a way, like, even thematically, when I think of all the songs where Tyler raps, it really is like, man's just trying to fit in the entire message he's trying to say. And that's why he's doing that. He's not just doing that to do that. Just like he's not just screaming to scream, but his, the times when he screams are usually very intentional with the narrative that he is crafting. And so he's not rushing to say nothing. He is rushing to say something and to say it comprehensively. <laughs> but also affirming that like he's not the only one who says that. Even though he just said that other stuff about rapping to prove nothing, there are others who are also trying to say something it's not just a him unique thing of course um this doesn't mean I lost my dream it's just right now I got a really crazy mind to clean and this to me is more so about like he doesn't want to seem like he's just trying to be mainstream like this is the first song on this new album right this is the first glimpse at this new time period as the fandom is continuing to grow there could be people who've been around for a really long time um even loved ones who maybe are unsure questioning why he's making a different musical choice than he, he they have in the past and could be potentially skeptical about not just the new sounds that they're hearing but even that the the song's also starting out with rap, which he doesn't do all the time. And so he's affirming, like, this doesn't mean I lost my dream, which to me is like, I'm not selling out, just follow a trend. I'm not trying to ignore my roots. I'm not trying to even, like, let go of my spiritual mission. I'm just being authentic i'm just processing what i need to process right now through these lyrics and like that's it i'm not trying to be someone who you're gonna be like oh he's changed <laughs> so that's how i take that then we go into the pre-chorus gangsters don't cry therefore therefore i'm mr misty eyed therefore i'm um, gangster is someone who is very tough, someone who's in some sort of gang, generally, um, someone who, in some cases, are involved in 
a type of fight um, sometimes can escalate further in more dangerous ways. But overall, gangsters are generally just associated with toughness. And because of that, toxic masculinity, that means they don't cry. Which means uh, because he's trying to be tough, especially in the midst of severe doubt and insecurity and panic, he's trying to cope with ignorance or avoidance or both. He's simply Mr. Misty-eyed. It kind of gives more of like, I'm just being mysterious or even like sentimental somehow. Um, it has a much more casual connotation instead of I'm Mr. Sobbing <laughs> or crying very hard. But again, I think there's a lot of pride laced in here for sure with with not wanting to seem like he can't handle what's going on, even though he's already made it clear by infestation that it is at an out-of-control point. I think he's lyrically just desperate to not show utter defeat, even though he's addressing God, who's like, okay, why are you, uh, once again, trying to be so cool, like, in screen, God's like, okay, we've been, we've been here before, but here we are again. So, then we go into the chorus. Very simple. Can you save my heavy, dirty soul for me? And this repeats. Yeah, it, this is the solidification that he is talking to God, because who else can save his heavy, dirty soul? Um, no one that I know of. <laughs> So, I think in this question, because we know through his journey so far that he's already been on a journey with God, we see that he's, he's currently at a point now where there's a lot of doubt. Whether it's he feels inadequate, maybe he feels too far gone in what he's struggled in, uh, maybe he even just doubts that he ever had genuine salvation to begin with. Um, I know I had a period like that in college, um, my freshman year, that one hard year where I wasn't as connected with church, and for some reason I just had a lot of fear and anxiety about, am I even saved? I don't know if most people go through that, but I definitely went through that very consistently that year, which is crazy to me because now it's like I would never even question that. And so, I don't know, I feel like in a way it was kind of just like a doubt and fear that I had to just go through and ride out, but like I can't even tell you how I even got through it eventually. I I really don't know, but I just have so much confidence now that I don't even need to like spend time thinking about that, but I think probably what it was is I was maybe doubting if uh, works really impacted my salvation or not because clearly I was doing like almost nothing, if not nothing, spiritually that year. Um, and so that's probably where that came from. If you have an inaccurate view of works, then yeah, I could see how that probably was where my insecurity came from. But he has a lot of doubt because he also is um, infested and has an infestation. And perhaps he's even questioning like, how could you be for me, Lord? How could you be with me if this infestation has happened? Also, he's asking, can you save it for me? And I think the for me is like emphasizing God's grace of you don't have to. You can just do it for yourself. But also like if you do it for me, you're granting me salvation through your mercy. And it's actually not just for you, um, but it is also for me, and you love me. <laughs> but also, because hopefully, if you can, it will put my mind to rest, because I'm exhausted from this infestation. And I like how Heavy Dirty Soul, if you don't know, it is actually all one word. No spaces, no capitalization, and I like how it kind of it depicts that his soul is not just his soul, but it's also intrinsically heavy and dirty. Heavy because it's always going to be significant 
because human consciousness is significant and it's also intrinsically dirty because there's no way we can have full perfection and cleanliness until we are parted from the world as long as we are in the world and in trench we are dirty and the world is imperfect and it's heavy so heavy dirty soul is exactly what we have Um, not just a soul so then it goes into verse two nah i didn't understand a thing you said if i didn't know better i'd guess you're already dead mindless zombies walking around with a limp and a hunch saying stuff like you only live once you've got one time to figure it out one time to twist and one time to shout one time to think and i say we start now sing it with me if you know what i'm talking about Oh, wait, this reminds me. Um, I think he alludes to car radio twice. And once was in verse one. Yeah, for some reason I connected Russian to say nothing with car radio. But I think for a similar reason that in this stanza he's also alluding to it. So... He starts off, no, I didn't understand anything you said, and it's very reminiscent of when he would refuse to listen to God in Vessel and just kept plowing through with his own thoughts and um, ideas. As an intro to the album, I do think it it parallels um, and carries ideas over from Vessel really well. So he didn't understand because he wasn't listening hence why he's also now babbling and uh meandering in his thoughts again very rapidly and he says if i didn't know better i guess you're already dead he does know better though but he is saying spiritually if he didn't know any better to the truth he would be empathetic to the cynicism of if jesus is who he says he is he's gone and if god was here like why wouldn't he be stepping in and doing something and so this idea of like well even if how could a powerful god not be stepping in and how could he be letting so many bad things happen and so many infestations both mentally and externally happen in the world mindless zombies walking around with a limp and a hunch i think this just means humans (laughs) we are by default not good at thinking as he's established in car radio hence the mindless we are also innately doomed for death um which makes sense that we would be described as zombies we are the walking dead because that's our destination from the moment we're born without salvation and walking around with a limp again we're inescapably broken which is also why we have heavy dirty souls and hunch a hunch could be two things it could be like if you're physically hunched over like it's basically a a physical inability to look up because of like either your neck or your head position um it's very focused downward physically and even visually it's kind of tied to like we're not thinking we're also not seeing we're also not looking where we're supposed to be looking which is all very philosophical um very tyler or the other side of hunch is the other meaning of hunch which is more even these doomed zombies have this feeling and knowing this conscience of you only live once um this conscience that we have to have urgency that this will never come again and whether we like it or not like that definitely brings pressure and meaning to what's happening so he goes on to say you've got one time to figure it out which again i feel like we're entirely alluding to the car radio portion on we need to think to be awake is to be alive and i will try with all my might to come across like i'm dying to let you know you need to think you've got one time to figure it out this has like the same tone to it 
one time to twist and one time to shout a lovely little Beatles reference with their popular song twist and shout um when I looked it up twist and shout is very repetitive obviously very shallow lyrics just about dancing but it's so repetitive I didn't realize how repetitive it is it's basically the same line over and over and there's um quotation marks different verses but it's the same line over and over in a way this line kind of seems slightly negative in that way like you've got one time to be silly to waste your time to be repetitive maybe not make much sense um and simultaneously one time to think and i say we start now so it's kind of like this are you going to just rap to say nothing are you going to just twist and shout or are you going to think are you going to figure it out didn't mean to also rhyme that but i mean he already did it for me so i was just reiterating in a different uh (laughs) construction pattern and he says sing it with me if you know what i'm talking about which i think can easily allude to again the car radio lyrics so kind of a nod to the fans who've already been there and who already are familiar with his past music but it could also be a nod to christians and sing it with me if you know this urgency and this need for thinking and figuring it out with salvation and with the reason that we only live once and the reason that we're here I think it's at the bridge or it's in the last repetition of the chorus, but during one of those instrumentals, we also have what I briefly mentioned earlier um, at the concert, which is Tyler's Fall to the Ground, where, um, if you don't know, he's standing there singing and then there's an instrumental break and he just tilts back and straight falls to the ground on his back. Um, no padding, no nothing. There's been times, I think, where he's kind of hurt himself before. And it's just one of those things out of many other things during their live shows where they, I mean, it's a literal trust fall, except it's not because nothing's there to catch him (laughs) other than the hard stage. Um, But there's so many things they do physically to just prove their dedication and, and prove also their faith in a way. Um, and I, I don't think I could just straight fall back on the floor on my back, especially a hard floor. I'm sure he's learned how to fall in a particular way that it's, especially nowadays as he's older, that's less painful. But yeah, it's very much an iconic thing that they do in their, in, that Tyler does in his live performance. But I also think it's this physical idea of getting pulled under again with this, this tension of doubt Um, blurry face, insecurity, spiritual warfare that ebbed and flowed throughout all of Vessel as well. As well as, like, I think some people believe that the logo for Tornado Pilots is a slant in line because someone's falling, and I think that interpretation more so came about because he does this falling thing, but it could also just bring a second symbol and emphasis of their logo to life in a physical way. And so the bridge is also very simple, but very important. Death inspires me like a dog inspires a rabbit. I think that's pretty explanatory in its implications, but death is, first of all, an inspiration to him, as I would hope it is for everyone who professes faith, um, because keeping that finish line in mind is the fuel that we need to spread the gospel. Um, and to live in faithful trust of God and the way that he's called us to live. And because of that imminence and um, the unpredictability of death, it also is inspiring because of fear in knowing that it's something we can't control and um, something we can't predict. And because of that, Um, is all the more reason that we have to go forth and um, create disciples and share the good news and love our neighbors, make sure they know the name of Jesus, 
and so on and so forth, which is a good juxtaposition to the doubt and the tension in the song that even in spite of the hard internal battles that he's facing, he also is still inspired by remembering perspective. Um, And there is a little bit of hope there with not just being in full negativity and engulfed by it, but also that he has some inspiration to lean into believing it, even in spite of the doubt and even acting on it and going further than just believing it. So I think ultimately Heavy Dirty Soul is a lot about questions and having a lot of them, but also simultaneously not listening because it's a lot easier to talk and it's a lot harder to listen to God as we come forth with our questions. And at least for the Emotional Roadshow, the concert opened with this song, this very doubtful, uncertain song that's kind of an open-ended, because he doesn't listen, an open-ended question to God. And I like how narratively in the live show, that is the bookend across from the end of the show, which is Trees, because Trees is very much a certainty and and kind of an answer to those doubts. And even the question of, can you save my heavy dirty soul? And an acknowledgement of, yes, he can, and he's with me, and he's near. Even if I can't see him, I can feel him. Um, And so I like that narrative arc, even if not intentional, in the live show. Having doubt and uncertainty, and then answering his own questions at the end with truth. So I hope that's even narratively inspiring. Um, I know it is for me. So yeah, I'm excited to dig into so much more with Blurry Face. Um, I think this is a great segue from Vessel. And yeah, I, I look forward to talking about all of it with you guys. So I want to hear from you. You can email entrenchpodcast at gmail.com with a written account of your 21 Pilots story or your favorite memories you have related to the band. You can also reach out with an episode request if you want to analyze a song, video, or album with me. And if you'd like to contribute to the analysis we've already covered, you can join the podcast Facebook group by searching Entrench Podcast Group. You could find Entrench on Podbean, Verbal, Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon Music. On Instagram, you can find me at Entrench underscore pod. I look forward to hearing from you. Tune in next time for the Heavy Dirty Soul music video. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Stay alive and remember, Entrench, you're not alone.